for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. COVID-19 is the biggest health crisis in our lifetime. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals to stop it, but we need your help. Even if you don't feel sick, you could be carrying it. And just one person with the virus can infect another 40, who then infect thousands more. So I've issued an executive order requiring everyone to stay home to help limit the spread of the virus. Let's protect the people we love. Stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, This is the Tom Sumner Program. As we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour, still a lot to go. Uh, Coming up in a uh, few minutes, we're going to be talking with... um, foodie uh, bonnie tob dix and she has some uh, interesting ideas about some healthy snack hacks during the pandemic and then in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour i'm going to be uh well we're going to have an encore presentation of a conversation i had with uh, author stephen levingston in honor um, actually his book is about uh, barack obama and joe biden called barack and joe And uh, we're going to do that in honor of uh, Joe Biden's pick of Kamala Harris and their efforts to create the kind of team that uh, Joe Biden experienced when he was uh, Barack Obama's running mate. And uh, so in honor of that selection, we'll hear some sound bites from Kamala Harris and we'll hear that interview with Stephen Livingston. Barack and Joe. That's coming up at uh, at 11 o'clock. But uh, in the meantime, we have a few minutes, and I want to uh, kind of a throwback to our uh, recognition of Carl Reiner just recently in the Comedy Spotlight. to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. About four days ago, a plane landed at Idlewild Airport. The plane came from the Middle East, bearing a man who claims to be 2,000 years old. He spent the last six days at the Mayo Clinic. Sir, is it true that you are 2,000 years old? Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes. You are too... uh, It's hard to believe, sir, because in the history of man, nobody's ever lived more than 167 years as the man from Peru would claim to be. But you claim to be 2,000. Yes, I'll be. I'm not yet. 
I'll be, I'll be uh, 2000 October 16th. <laughs> you will be 2000. Where, when were you born? We uh, didn't have uh, formal years and names and, and writing. We didn't know. I see. And what? nobody kept time. See, we didn't know. We didn't write. We just sat around, uh, we pointed in the sky, and we said, whoa, hot boy, you know? That's all you said? We didn't even know it was the sun, we thought. Uh, you mean you really didn't know we anything? We didn't know anything. We were so dumb and stupid. <laughs> Sir. We didn't know who was a lady. <laughs> but they weren't. Well, they was with us. We but didn't know who they were. <laughs> We didn't know who was the you, ladies and who was fellas. You, you thought know? it was they were just different type of yes, fellas. Yes, just stronger or smaller or yes, softer. The softer ones, I think, were ladies all the time. <laughs> well, what, what, how did you find out they were ladies? A cute, fat guy could he could have mistaken him for a Soft and cute. Who was the person who discovered the female? Bernie. <laughs> who was Bernie? Bernie, one of the first leaders of, the, of our group. And he discovered the female. Yes. How did it happen? He How said, hey, there's, there's ladies here. <laughs> I'm very interested to find out how Bernie discovered the woman. Well, he... How did he, it come to pass? He, one morning, he got up smiling. <laughs> so, he said, I think there's ladies here. <laughs> so, I said, what do you mean, you know? So, he said, because in the night... I was thrilled and delighted. See? <laughs> so then he went into such a story that uh, it's hundreds of years later, I still blush. Sir, uh, could you give us the secret of your longevity? Well, the major thing, the major thing is that I never, ever touch fried food. <laughs> I don't eat it, I wouldn't look at it, and I don't touch it. And and they uh, never run for a bus, there'll always be another. Even if, even if you're late from work, you know, I never run for a bus, I never ran, I just strolled jaunty, jolly, walking to the bus stop, you know? Yeah, well, there were no buses in the time no, of uh, in my Iraq. in my time, I mean, I... Uh, what was the means of transportation then? Mostly fear. Fear transported you? Fear, yes. You would see an animal would, would growl, you would go two miles in a minute. But I suppose you Fear had... would be the main propulsion. Yes, but I think most people are interested in living a long and fruitful life as yes. you have. You mentioned... Fruit is good, too. You mentioned fruit. <laughs> fruit kept me going for 140 years once when I was, I was on a very strict diet, mainly nectarines. I love that fruit. It's a half a peach, half a plum, such a hell of a fruit. I love <laughs> not too cold, not too hot, you know, just nice. What is being Even a rotten one is good. I love it. <laughs> That's how much I love them. I'd rather eat a rotten nectarine than a fine plum. What do you think of that? I can understand that. Yes, that's how much I love them. Yes, I can understand that. Yes, yes. Sir? Some good things. Sir, what yeah. did you do for a living? Well, many years ago, thousands of years ago, there was no heavy industry. We know that. The most uh, things that we manufactured or we made, the most things that we ever made was uh, we would make, uh, take a piece of wood, see, and rub it and, and rub it and clean it and look at it and hit earth with it and hit a tree with it. For what purpose? Just to keep busy. There was nothing. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing to do. We had no jobs, don't you see? What other jobs were there? 
There must have been something else beside hitting a tree with a no, piece of that, stick. That, well, hitting a tree with a piece of stick was already a good job. <laughs> you couldn't get that job, you know? What job? Mainly was sitting and looking in the sky was a big job. And another job was watching each other was one thing. <laughs> that was lifelike, looking at each other. Uh, what uh, language did you speak at that time? They spoke... Uh, uh, rock, basic rock. Basic rock. Yeah. That was before Hebrew. Yeah, boy, it was 200 years before Hebrew. It was the rock language or rock talk. Could you give us an example yes. of that? Uh, hey, uh, put that, don't throw that rock at me. Put that rock. <laughs> hey, now what are you doing with the rock? Uh, call a policeman, for God's I sake. See. Put that rock away. I see. That was the rock. Now, do you remember, do you remember your Hebrew, sir? Yes, I. I, Would you, uh, I think I remember it fluently. Because I understand the modern Hebrew is different from the. Uh, yes, it differs in some of the phonetic alliterations and patterns. Yes. yes. Can, can we hear an example of the ancient Hebrew? Uh, the very ancient Hebrew is. Uh, oh, hi there. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? That's English. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, Do you remember any Hebrew? Very little, I think. <laughs> I don't think I remember it. I must have forgot a great deal of it. <laughs> I think you forgot it all, sir. Maybe all, yes. Maybe all. Yes. It's thousands of years since I needed it. In, <laughs> now, Not sir, did you, ever, did you ever have any formal job, as we know it today? Yeah, well, I was a manufacturer. I was an owner. What kind of a factory did you have? I had a... Uh, I used to make the Star of David, the Jewish stars. I was one of the first... <laughs> Oh, yes, that. the little soon thing you wear. As said, a... uh, yeah, as soon as religion came in, I was one of the first in that. <laughs> I figured this is a good thing. Yes, and how did you make them? Did you have tools? Well, we didn't have uh, lathes. I employed six men, see, each with a point. <laughs> and they used to run together in the middle of the factory. And in their great speeds, they would fuse the thing. And it would Thus make... making a star. Yes, we would make two a day because of the many accidents. <laughs> We have six men running at high oh. speed. Of course, you know, plenty of action. You never thought of going into anything else? No, I had an offer once. What a fella that? came to me, Simon. What did Simon ask you to do? He said, if you have a new thing, a new item, a winner, it looks like a winning item that is going to be a big seller, it's called a cross. <laughs> and uh, I looked at it, and I turned it over, and I looked in all sides of it, and I said, uh, it's simple. It's too simple. I didn't know then it was eloquent. Uh, <laughs> you mean you, no, I didn't know it would be such turned, a hit. You turned him down. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm too busy. Uh, see, I could, have, I could have fired four men. Two men run together. Bang, you got a cross. <laughs> see, I could have saved. I would, well, I would I, have had over $100 today if I went in with the cross. Because they're in everywhere. Today. By the way, sir, uh, are you married? I have been married several hundred times. <laughs> several hundred yes. times? Yes. You have been married? Do you remember all your wives? One I remember well. <laughs> Which one was that? The third one. Shirley. <laughs> I remember her. I I'm afraid to ask the next question. You had many hundreds of wives. Hundreds and hundreds of wives. How many children do you have? I have over 42,000 children. <laughs> and not one comes to visit me. <laughs> In the afternoon, oh, said, yes. Terrible. They forget our father, sure. That's, how it is. That's awful, sir. It's really. You mean to say there isn't one daughter that many favors daughters, you? but but they, you know how they are. Children, good luck to them. Let them go. And I don't want. Listen, let them be happy as long as they're happy. I don't care. But they could send a note and write, "Hi, your pop. How you doing, pop?" You know, something. No, no, no. no they don't, sir. Um, 
You must have known some great men in your time. You did travel throughout I the world. I knew the great and the near great. Could I ask you about some of these? Certainly. I'll tell you the true, the true whether I knew or not. For instance, people are, people are very interested in somebody like Joan of Arc. A lot has been written about her, and we read a lot about her. Ah, what a cutie. You knew Joan of Arc. I went with her, dummy. I went with her. Nowhere in history do we uh, know of Joan going with anybody. Well, they don't print that. They don't print everything. You didn't marry her. No, no, I didn't marry her because she was on a mission, you know. She used to say to me, she used to say to me, uh, I gotta say friends. I used to say, I look, I gotta wash up. You say friends. I'll see you later. After you'll say friends, I'll wash up, you know. How did you Holland, feel? Holland, her way, me and mine. Yes. You know? How did you feel about her being burnt at the stake? Terrible. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, sir, how about some of the legendary characters who supposedly might have existed? For instance, Robin Hood. Did he exist? Oh, yeah. Lovely man. Yeah. Ran around in the forest. Did he really steal from the rich and give to the poor? No, he didn't. He didn't? He stole from everybody and kept everything. <laughs> How did legend spring up that he was? He had a fellow Marty, Marty the press agent, running all the papers and wrote in scrolls. He took from the rich, he gave to the poor. Who knew? Who knew? He'd give you such a knock in the head when they robbed you, you wouldn't remember anything. In other words, uh, we he was a tough guy. I hate to have our, our legendary figures smashed like well, this. Well, I hate to smash him for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you, you? You've lived so long. Did you ever have an accident in all this time? An accident, though. An accident. Oh, an accident. <laughs> Yes, yes. In the in the year sixty one, I was hit. To, I was run over by seven men fleeing a lion. They ran me over. That, that's the extent of all. But the... they didn't have insurance. I didn't have insurance. There was no such thing then. Uh, so you laid there till you got back. Amazing. Yeah. In the two thousand years you've lived, you've seen yes, a lot of changes. Yes, certainly. What is the biggest change you've seen? In 2,000 years, the greatest thing mankind ever devised, that I think, in my humble opinion, is saran wrap. <laughs> you can put a sandwich in it, you can look through it, you can touch it, and put it over your face and pull around and everything. It's you, so good, it kills you. You wrap it up. You equate this I love with... it. You can put three olives in it and put a little one. You can put ten sandwiches in it and make a picture of it. Whatever you want, it clings and it sticks. It's you great. equate this you with... You can this... look right through it. You equate this with man's discovery of space? That was good. <laughs> that was good. That, that was a good thing. Well, space, sir, uh, we space. don't have too much more time, but we all here would like to know your code. Well... All right. Is this it? You're My on. Farewell? Your okay. farewell address. Hello there. <laughs> this is 2,000 years talking to you from the depths of back there when we was. Now I'm still and they not. <laughs> and I just want to say, keep your smile on your face and stay out of a Ferrari or any small Italian car. <laughs> stay out of them. And I want to tell you that it's been, it's been a wonderful 2,000 years. And you've been a wonderful civilization. And it's been a thrill living for 2,000 years. And eat a nectarine. It's the best fruit ever made. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. I 
Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you are listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays at 11 for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. This is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. The Spangled Dwarf in his bow tie. The infantry that don't ask why. I'm Bob Dylan. Remember those fabulous 60s? The marches, the beans, the draft card burnings, and best of all, the music. Well, now Apple House has collected the finest of those songs on one album called Golden Protest, performed by the original artists who made them famous. You'll thrill to Society's Child by Jen Seen, Pleasant Ballet Sunday by The Monkees, What Have They Done to the Rain by The Searchers, In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley, Silent Night, 7 O'Clock News by Simon and Garfunkel, who can ever forget this all-time classic? Yes, it's Barry Maguire's immortal Eve of Destruction. And, of course, my own Masters of War. All for the incredibly low price of $3.95. And if you order now, you'll also receive a treasury of acid rock featuring vanilla fudge, blue chair, frigid pink, Moby Grape, the electric prunes, Jeff's airplane, Lotharian hand people, to name but a few. Plus, as part of this special limited offer, you also get the best of the supergroups with Traffic, Cream, Blind Faith, Ginger Baker's Air Force, and many, many others. Yes, this is a collector's dream, Golden Protest, plus two fabulous 60s albums, all for only $3.95. If you were to purchase these selections separately, they'd cost you hundreds of dollars, and many cannot be found anywhere at any price. Well... It's time for my boot heels to be wandering. But here's something will tell you how you can get this amazing record package. Here's how to order this amazing record package. Just send $3.95 and check your money order plus your name and address to Apple House Box 70K South Bend, Indiana. Once again, that's $3.95 and check your money to Apple House Box 70K. Do it today. Tom Sumner, program.com. The 
Tom Sumner Program.com This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My uh, guest this hour is the uh, award-winning author of Read It Before You Eat It, taking uh, you from label to table and creator of the website and blog called betterthandieting.com. She is, in fact, Bonnie Tob Dix, and she joins me by phone. Bonnie, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Tom. Happy to be here. It, it, the last time we talked, I think, was uh, about your book. Um, but you're promoting healthy snacks or, or easy snack hacks. And I wanted to get into that a little bit because with this pandemic going on, it it seems like um, I, I'm having a little trouble with snacking too much. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're not alone. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I especially with working from home, I know even, I and I've been working from home for the past 30 years, but I even find that I sometimes go walk into the kitchen and start opening up the fridge or the cabinets, really just to, uh, I don't know, a little, it's a, it's a pleasurable distraction. But I think that having snacks could be beneficial in terms of keeping our energy levels up. The problem is um, maybe overdoing snacks and maybe not choosing the right snacks. Yeah, I'm having a problem with. I'm having a problem with what I call uh, boredom snacks. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and I think that if you do things like keep your snacks on the countertop in clear jars or keep bags around. That makes it even harder because when you're walking through the kitchen, you see it, it kind of calls your name. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. But, you know, one of the ways to help to hack your snacks and make them healthier is by making sure that you stock your pantry, your fridge, and your freezer with foods that you know that you could rely on. And I can give you a perfect example of that. So I'm always sure that I fill my fridge. And by the way, I absolutely know that we're going to the supermarkets less since the last time we spoke especially. But that means that when you go, you need to make your trip uh, valuable. So I stock my fridge with lots of fruits and veggies that I know that I could rely on. And it's not just because they're, they're delicious. It's also because they're so good for you, like strawberries, for example. I don't know if you knew, but eight strawberries actually give you the full amount of vitamin C that you need for the day. And vitamin C is a nutrient that helps to support a healthy immune system, which we're all interested in that now, even though we always should have been now more than ever. But strawberries also provide fiber, which most of us are not getting enough of, and potassium, which 90-something percent of us are not getting enough of, and folate and other nutrients. So you could stock your your kitchen with foods that are delicious, but they're also kind of like giving a thank you to your body. I, I'm reading some notes here from, uh, from a press release that, that came out that talks about... Um, tips to help get your weekdays off to a fresh start. Is there really much difference right now between weekdays and weekends? I'm having trouble keeping track. And and what does that do to your, your eating habits? Yeah, I know. I know. Believe me, I feel the same way. Um, what has changed, though, is that many in many states, the kids are going back to school. 
So that has made a big difference in terms of weekday or weekend and an added pressure to get them ready for school. And this is, you know, whether it is online learning or actual in-school learning, we still want to make sure that we fuel our kids and fuel ourselves with the right foods to give you energy throughout the course of the day. So the key is trying to make this as easy and painless as possible. So one of the best tips that I could think of is to try to make your breakfast and your snacks kind of like an analogy to the three legs of a stool, where the, each leg supports each other. So if you think of those three legs as protein, carbohydrate, and fat that support each other, this will help support you through your day. So a perfect example of this could be something like a breakfast that's even just a toasted whole grain waffle with a smear of a nut butter and then some sliced strawberries on top. And that checks all the boxes for that trifecta of protein, carbohydrate, and fat. Interesting. And it's easy. Um, and and you, you talk about uh, how we're getting used to virtual camps and classes and, and uh, working at home, but you stay, say we still need to get up, get dressed, and fuel our days. How important is that? I, I know I, I have to admit, Bonnie, for the first month of the uh, quarantine or lockdown, whatever you want to call it, I don't think I ever got out of my sweats. Listen, I'm, I'm sitting here in socks and uh, yoga pants as we speak. I'm glad it's not video. But, you know, <laughs> That's I, why I, I love radio. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, what's that joke? You have the best face for radio? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think that's something very – there are so many interesting things that came out of this, and I'm in the middle of writing an article about it. But one of the things that I think is interesting is that I tried to I try to teach people about how to eat a little bit more intuitively, thinking about when they're hungry um, and when they're full, to try to really determine that. But I find that during this period of time that using the clock was helpful because a lot of people, just as you didn't even know the day of the week, it's hard to even determine when you're hungry, when you're full, what time of day it is, whether I should be eating a meal or not. So I, and, and it's funny you're saying this because even the first week, um, I was, you know, oh, okay, what do I feel like having for a snack? And then I looked at the clock and it's like, wait a minute, I just had lunch an hour and a half ago. I think I'm <laughs> going to get a cup of tea and get out of the kitchen because it's easy to forget. So I think that using something like the clock for timing could be helpful for you if you feel like you're sort of losing track of time and not remembering whether you just ate recently. Now, I mentioned uh, my, my little thing with um, boredom snacks. Uh, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot more binge-watching Netflix and other servers and you know, spending a lot of time in front of a screen. And there's this sense that you want to be doing something else, too. And very often that ends up with a big bag of Cheetos next to your screen. Um, are there are there snacks that we can we can use to to fulfill that that sense that we want to be doing something and and snacking seems like as good a thing to do as any are are there snacks that we can do that that would fill that need without necessarily uh adding on extra covid pounds and uh 
and and actually not being very um, healthy. Yeah, well, you know, um, I think that this eating while you're doing something else, simultaneous eating and activities, what's so sad about that is that you're really not paying attention to the texture, the temperature, and the taste of what you're eating. So it's almost as if it didn't exist. You could be chewing on styrofoam at the same time, and you probably would not even notice the difference if you're really into the show you're binging on on Netflix or the work that you're doing. So that's the sad part about it. However, um, I think that it's a reality, and it's what a lot of people do. So the best thing to do is to try to pick on things that are also going to bring you value. So, for example, if you had a big bowl of crunchy veggies like baby carrots and sugar snap peas, maybe jicama, you know, the string beans even, fresh green beans, and perhaps some hummus, and that was what you were eating, at least you're getting a lot of value while you're snacking. Same thing with um, fruit. You could cut up strawberries and have all other kinds of fruit and a bowl of uh, vanilla yogurt, for example, or plain yogurt, Greek yogurt, and dip your fruit in the yogurt so that it keeps you busy, but you're being busy with food that actually is doing your body a favor, as opposed to having something like your Cheetos, which really is keeping your mouth busy and your hands busy, but once you swallow it, your body doesn't really know anything good to do with it. Yeah, I was thinking of Cheetos when you said styrofoam. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, now I get it. I, now I get it. But, you know, I, I think it's that multitasking thing that a lot of us are caught doing, especially now. And, you know, I also found that a lot of people who are really dedicated employees and hard workers seem to be working so much harder, working from home, almost like they have to prove themselves, and they don't really take the breaks that they deserve to enjoy a snack or enjoy a meal and take themselves away from their work. And I think that that's so important to build that into your day. You're not, you know, you're not being selfish. This is self-interest, which you certainly deserve. Is is there, uh, I, I, and I'm glad you said that and, and put it that way, I, I think sometimes that, that extra work that people are doing from home isn't really about proving themselves to, or, or proving themselves to themselves or to others as much as it is, what else am I going to do? I can't go anywhere, I can't do anything, I might as well get some work done. And I think a lot of people are spending more time working uh, because of that. Um, is there, uh, are there eating habits that, that we can adopt um, that, that we can sort of reset our clock by? Um, and, and what I mean by that is get ourselves to interrupt our work and go have a meal. Uh, is, is there, or, or is it just breakfast, lunch, and dinner and that it's already in place? Well, I, uh, there are so many people that skip meals. A lot of people work through those meals and don't realize that they skip them. And I know plenty of people that feel like, well, when I skip a meal, that's good, that'll help my weight. But what winds up happening is that then they double up on whatever they would eat for that second meal, that next meal. So I think that it's important to, first of all, not skip meals, um, have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and 
snacks depending on where you need those snacks. If you're having a late dinner, you don't need a bedtime snack, but maybe late afternoon is a critically important time to have a snack, especially if your kids are coming home from school or your kids are snacking at that time. Definitely include yourself on that to-do list of snacking. Um, the other thing is trying to make sure that your meals have balance. So a good way to look at this is that half the real estate on your plate should be taken up by fruits and veggies and a quarter from some sort of protein, whether it is poultry or fish or meat or cheese or egg or beans, and then the other quarter taken up with some sort of a grain. It could even be whole wheat pasta. It could be um, brown rice. It could be potatoes, any of that. But if you try to think about that balance in your day and look at your plate and that's pretty much what your meal should be composed of, you could swap in and out different foods that fit in those categories and know that you're being uh, taken care of and having something that is satiating. And um, now getting back to what we were originally talking about is um, the actual snack hacks themselves. Um, what are some some things that you mentioned keeping fruits and vegetables and, and making sure to, to have those and have them in the fridge. But what are some quick and easy things that we can do, you know, for breakfast or for snacks um, mm-hmm. to to make sure that well, I, we're know, doing it right? Yep. Even something as simple as cereal with milk. You could really elevate that bowl of cereal with milk and any kind of milk, whether it's, you know, almond milk, any kind of milk, and um, add some vet, uh, fruits and add some uh, nuts, and that really elevates that bowl because you're added, you added a lot more fiber and value from vitamins and minerals. Uh, you could even make something as simple as a smoothie. I don't know if you like smoothies, but that's the kind of thing that you could just put together the night before by putting all this food in the belly of a blender, stick it in your fridge the night before, and then the next day you could have a meal or a snack in minutes. And there you could get lots of value by literally cleaning out your fruit and vegetable bin, throwing everything in there, (laughs) whether it's fruits, veggies, um, some Greek yogurt, you could put in some nut butter, and really it tastes so wonderful. Even frozen fruits and vegetables, you know, you could use frozen berries like frozen strawberries, and the value is just as good as fresh, but they really make your smoothie frothy. So it's a very good afternoon snack hack to really give you energy without having those excess calories that are going to be meaningless by eating other snacks. You also talk about fresh breakfast. What constitutes fresh breakfast? Oh, you know, uh, it's, it's a very interesting word. The other day, my grandson asked me what the word fresh meant. <laughs> I was, yeah. yeah, I could have told him something else related to poor behavior, but anyway, uh, fresh, you know, <laughs> fresh is all relative because you could take a piece of bread that, um, that you baked yourself, or you could take a bread that is a commercially made bread, and if the ingredients are good in both of them, then it doesn't really matter whether it was fresh or not. It's just that impression of, you know, tugging on your heartstrings. And it's a word that lots of food companies use to do just that because it's a word that's like magnetic. You know, when you hear fresh bread, you could practically salivate. But really, when I think about fresh, I think about 
produce that literally you could just, you know, open up your your drawer, your bin in the fridge and add fresh fruits, fresh vegetables to a lot of the dishes that you're making to just have that, the different textures and tastes and aromas. I mean, even fresh herbs. I um, grow a lot of fresh herbs in my garden and just going out and clipping some fresh basil and some fresh thyme and adding it to a salad all of a sudden elevates the salad um, when it really wasn't that much that I added. I, I'm a big grapefruit fan. Is is that it, because of its its ease? You know, you cut it in half and put it in a bowl and you're ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. is, is that a good example of... Uh, you know, being able to put something together for breakfast that, you know, is um, good for you and, and easy to do and tasty? Well, it's a good it's a good part of a breakfast. It's not breakfast because it's only one food group and it's only carbohydrate. When I think about a good breakfast, I think about it having that trifecta, protein, carbohydrate, and fat combined. So what would make that breakfast better is if you also had it with a scoop of cottage cheese, maybe a piece of toast, maybe with some your favorite of your favorite breakfast cereal sprinkled on top of that cottage cheese, or having eggs and toast with a little bit of avocado and your grapefruit on the side. So when you have just food alone or just um, toast alone, like some people have toast and jam for breakfast, that's not a very good breakfast, no matter how healthy the bread is, because you're not having any protein with that. So maybe a slice of cheese melted on that bread. Um, maybe some eggs with that toast. That would be a much better way to go. I'm a big fan of, um, you know, big country breakfasts. And, but I'm not sure that that's something you should do every day. Yeah, you know, it's funny that we call it country breakfast, and you know what you're thinking of. I know what I think of. Yet, whenever I've traveled to other countries, breakfast does not look like that. <laughs> so it's our country's breakfast, not the way it is in most places. If you go to a place like France, it's a, a croissant and coffee. So many places, right. it's just bread and coffee. I'm not, and that's not a great breakfast. But when you talk about country breakfast, I'm sure you're talking about meats and things like that. I'm, I'm thinking of the, uh, you know, the, the farm breakfast, uh, you know, from uh, 50 years ago in the Midwest with bacon or sausage and eggs and toast and potatoes and, you know, a, a, a big breakfast. And I, I enjoy well, you know, doing you, that, but it's not something that you can or should do every day, is it? No, and I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is back then, and for people who still work on farms, they're having that big country breakfast, and then they're going out and doing physical work. Right. If you have a breakfast like that, and then you go sit at your keyboard, <laughs> then, then you're not burning off that breakfast. Which, so that which is, is exactly what I do, Bonnie. <laughs> well, we could talk at another time. <laughs> but, but you know, really, I think that part of the problem with the way that some people still eat today is that they're not coupling that with the physical activity of the past. 
and especially now during the past few months, it's been really hard for people to get out and go do what they were doing before, whether it was, you know, joining a gym or taking a walk with a friend. So physical activity, I know for some people that they enjoy online um, exercises, but for a lot of other people, exercising was a part of socialization. So it has become a problem, you know, not getting enough of it. But there are other things you could do. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that that people need to think of in addition to um, eating healthy and, and, uh, you know, making sure that they have the stuff in their pantries and in their refrigerators to to do fast and and easy snacks and and healthy uh, breakfasts is... um, is actually trying to be physically active, whether it's just walking around your property or up and down the street or, you know, doing something. Because I I know when we first got on lockdown, Sandy and I, we kind of spent all our time in the kitchen for a couple of weeks just making stuff we had made in a long time. And, you know, we we just had like this big buffet going full time. Now, we've curbed that now. But, you know, at first, we were way overdoing it and not moving you know, around. Sounds, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the problem is not moving around. But otherwise, the way you're describing this is actually very heartwarming to me. And if there's one silver lining that I hope comes out of this is that more families will be spending time at the table together and that more people will be cooking than ever before. You know, um it's interesting, but so many people are concerned about the weight that they've gained, you know, even coining the term the quarantine 19, which really bugs me. But anyway, um, you know, a lot of the... the I call them COVID pounds. Clients, COVID <laughs> pounds, okay. So, so a lot of the clients that I counsel, um, that I have been counseling all through, instead of seeing each other, we're doing either videos or phone calls, they have actually lost weight. And the reason why is because... They very often went to restaurants, and now at home, no one's coming over and saying, oh, here's the warm bread and butter, or no one's wheeling a dessert cart to the table. So they're finally listening to me, and they said to me, what am I supposed to do with the chicken cutlet, and what are some breakfasts that I could eat at home? So they're trying to eat at home, and I think that that actually helped a lot of people to discover cooking skills that they didn't know that they had and realizing that it's not that difficult to do but maybe the key is stocking your fridge freezer and pantry well and that's why i wrote my whole book you know my book read it before you eat it taking you from label to table is really because it came from my patients asking me if i could go food shopping with them so i wanted to write a book that would be very user friendly because you shouldn't be intimidated by the supermarket to me the supermarket is a giant classroom where anyone at any age could learn how to eat better more with health and wellness consultant bonnie Tob dix straight ahead Are we playing? 
there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. The interest of goodwill. The Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange. It's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. 
Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor, and famous Hoffman studies sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you, could you be happy if your name this was This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with health and wellness consultant Bonnie Tob dix straight ahead. Produce area is... Um, by itself a uh, an adventure of sorts because you know now people are um, fanatical about labeling and reading labels um, and some of the things the labeling like like you said with fresh bread you, you know if if i see a sign that says fresh bread and i smell bread i start looking for butter and um <laughs> It's and and we react that way to certain kinds of things. So we'll see these things on the produce shelves that say, you know, organically grown or, um, you know, these these different kinds of uh, things that we've begun to demand um, in terms of labeling and offerings. Um, but how do how do we learn to navigate all that stuff when when somebody says? Uh, you know, this is um, farm fresh is one of my favorites. Right, right, and you know there are there are many words that are like that that are like magnets to pull in consumers when they really don't have any meaning. Another example of that would be natural. The word yeah, natural has all natural. not been defined by our government. All natural. So sugar is all natural. Salt is all natural. So a food label could say all natural, and you pictured, you know, a farm with wheat swaying in the background there, <laughs> but it could be loaded with sugar, fat, and salt. So th- that is really one of the other reasons why I wrote my book is because even though labels are there to help us, they're our greatest defense against having foods that are not good for us. So many people are confused by them, and and they really get overwhelmed by the front of the package, but you really need to flip the package over. So in my book, the first half of the book is, an aisle, uh, is um, a description of everything that's on the label, and if you have diabetes, what to buy, if you have uh, lactose intolerance, what to buy. And the second half of the book is an aisle-by-aisle tour of the supermarket to tell you how to navigate those labels down any aisle. It really is very confusing. If I wasn't a dietitian, I probably would be seeing one. <laughs> and, and that brings me to something I wanted to make sure while we still have a few minutes that, uh, that we talk about, and that's the uh, website, betterthandieting.com. What's better than dieting? Uh, well, BTD is actually my initials, Bonnie Tabdix. <laughs> so better than dieting, I came up with better than dieting because I never believed that you need to suffer to eat a diet, and the word diet actually means way of life. So what's better than being on a strict diet where you're always feeling deprived is just really appreciating how nutritious and delicious can exist on the same plate. So it's what I always believed in for myself, for my family, and for all those people that, that follow me. Um, you could, And your listeners could follow me on Instagram at Bonnie Taubdix. You'll see that I never have any foods that you're not allowed to eat, and I try to be as realistic as possible. And are there... Um is the I know your blog is is probably on that website better than dieting dot com, but are there 
other resources and things that, that people can get from that website? Yes, yes, and there's tons of recipes. Um, and Ooh. these are recipes that I make over and over and over again with my family. Even my kids could make them. They're really simple recipes. And the thing about my recipes is it's not like, you know, a gourmet chef whipping up a souffle. You could play with the ingredients. You could add more of something, less of something, make it your own. Um, definitely, if you use any of them, please tag me in, uh, in your photos because I'd love to see how they get recreated. But those recipes are so easy to follow and really, really good for you. So thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Well, uh, Bonnie, thank you for spending uh, this time with me today. It was great to talk to you again. It's been a while. Great to talk Great to talk to you, too. And, you know, you could also find delicious recipes on CaliforniaStrawberries.com. Oh, good. Um, and I love strawberries, but who doesn't? Anyway, Bonnie, uh, have a great day. Stay safe, and uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. So do I. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. That was Bonnie Tob dix Uh, She is um, the award-winning author of Read It Before You Eat It, Taking You from Label to Table. And as we mentioned, uh, creator of the website BetterThanDieting.com. She is... um, a health and wellness contributor for Today.com, U.S. News and World Report, and Livestrong.com. Uh, anyway, we're going to uh, end it there. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. If you like Hungarian food, they have a goulash, which is very good. Or if you wish a dish that's Chinese, somewhere down in Columbia, there's lobster Cantonese. Enchiladas, that's what people eat in Mexico. Shish kebab is skewered in Armenia, you know. Then there's blubber, the favorite of the frigid Eskimo. Such delicious dishes, no matter where you go. Chicken cacciatore is Italian. Kangaroo souffle must be Australian. Mutton chops are definitely British. Chicken soup undoubtedly is Yiddish. Pumpernickel comes from Lithuania. Hansen fair. Comes from Pennsylvania. Wiener schnitzel's Austrian or German. Kindly pass the sauerbrot and Herman. Borscht is what they're eating in the Soviet. Wait, I think we've got some on the stove yet. See the mouse underneath the jungle sky. Jolly. Mao, Mao's eating missionary pie. 
Frenchmen eat a lot of bouillabaisse there. Dutchmen eat a sauce called hollandaise there. Smorgasbord in Sweden is the winner. In America, it's TV dinner. <laughs> so, there you have one food from each land. Each one delicious, each one simply grand. Mix them all up in one big mishmash. And what have you got? Hungarian goulash. Hey! <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Oh, darling, I was blind to let you 
a little tease from two-tone corduroy with Mindy Love singing. She'll be my musical guest tomorrow on the show during the 11 o'clock hour. We'll hear some new recorded music from two-tone corduroy, and we'll talk with Mindy for a little while. Uh, Coming up next, the third half of our three-hour tour features uh, Stephen Livingston talking about the... uh, romance between Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Hi, I'm Alexander Zajic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.